It's a hard day for me, Chip. Why is it a hard day? I'm sad. <laughs> I think I know why you're sad, Eric. I think you do. Yes, we're finally finishing the book of Leviticus. <sighs> and uh, I say finally, but you are just, I'm, you are I'm, just I'm, so just, depressed. Yeah. You're discouraged. I mean, you walked in here today. I just... I'm wearing my, my, my ephod. My, <laughs> my, my, my chest piece. Yes, you are. Yeah, well, we'll have to cheer you up later. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we are yeah. finishing the book of Leviticus today. Welcome, everyone. Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Oh, yes. And this is day number 53, and we're going to do Leviticus 26, 27. A, a great book. A lot of great stuff. Hopefully, we were able to connect it to you yeah. on a practical level and also on a level where you can see Jesus and the fulfillment of that coming up and yep. and how this points all points to him. And it's such an important book for the rest of like Numbers and Deuteronomy. Like you got to get what's in Leviticus to understand what the heck's going on yeah. for the rest of the Old Testament. So, okay, so where did we leave off yesterday? We talked about uh, the year of Jubilee, woo, mm-hmm. and we talked about uh, yes. the Sabbath year in the Sabbath. land. Yeah, we rest. talked about uh, the the punishments, the just punishments for mm-hmm. crimes, you know, blasphemy and murder and those things. Showing so, love to others, by yeah, giving showing your land love. And, that's you know, right. God that's blessed right. you, bless them. Yeah. That's right. So we talked about all that, the redemption of uh, property, yeah. people being able to buy themselves back if they go into slavery for wow. a little while. Yeah, very interesting. And then today, we're going to get to Leviticus 26. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 26. Blessings for obedience. Do not make idols or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. You must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. And that definitely worked. Israel never sets up any idols ever. Yeah. Yeah, that one stuck. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crops and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will overlap with the grape harvest and your grape harvest will overlap with the season of planting grain. You will eat your fill and live securely in your own land. I will give you peace in the land. You'll be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I'll rid the land of wild animals. Keep your enemies out of your land. In fact, you will chase down your enemies and slaughter them with your swords. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. All your enemies will fall beneath your sword. I will look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people. I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have a, such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. I will live among you, and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so you would no longer be slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck, so you can walk with your heads held high. Punishments for disobedience. However, if you don't, do not listen to me or obey all these commands, and if you break my covenant by rejecting my decrees, treating my regulations with contempt, and refusing to obey my commands... I will punish you. I will bring sudden terrors upon you, wasting diseases and burning fevers that will cause your eyes to fail and your life to ebb away. You will plant your crops in vain because your enemies will eat them. I will turn against you and you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you and you will run even when no one's chasing you. And if in spite of all of this, you still disobey me, I will punish you seven times over for your sins. I will break your proud spirit by making the skies as unyielding as iron and the earth as hard as bronze. All your work will be for nothing, for your land will yield no crops and your trees will bear no fruit. If even then you remain hostile towards me and refuse to obey me, I will inflict disaster on you seven times over for your sins. I'll send wild animals that will rob you of your children and destroy your livestock. 
your numbers will dwindle and your roads will be deserted. And if you fail to learn the lesson and continue your hostility toward me, then I myself will be hostile toward you. I will personally strike you with calamity seven times over for your sins. I will send armies against you to carry out the curse of the covenant you have broken. When you run to your towns for safety, I will send a plague to destroy you there, and you will be handed over to your enemies. I will destroy your food supply, so that ten women will need only one oven to bake bread for their families. They will ration your food by weight, and though you have food to eat, you will not be satisfied." If in spite of all this you still refuse to listen and still remain hostile toward me, then I'll give vent full vent to my hostility. I myself will punish you seven times over for your sins. Then you'll eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters, yuck. I will destroy your pagan shrines and knock down your places of worship. I will leave your lifeless corpse, corpse piled on top of your lifeless idols, and I'll despise you. I will make your cities desolate and destroy your places of pagan worship. I will take no pleasure in your offerings, and you should be a pleasing that you should be a pleasing aroma to me. Yes, I myself will devastate your land and your enemies who come to occupy it will be appalled at what they see. I will scatter you among the nations and bring you bring out my sword against you. Your land will become desolate and your cities will lie in ruins. Then at the last, at last land will enjoy its neglected Sabbath years as it lies desolate while you are in exile in the land of your enemies. Then the land will finally rest and enjoy the Sabbaths it missed. As long as the land lies in ruins, it will enjoy the rest you never allowed it to take every seventh year while you lived in it. And for those of you who survive, I will demoralize you in the land of your enemies. You will live in such fear that the sound of a leaf driven by the wind will send you fleeing. You will run as though fleeing from a sword, and you will fall even when no one pursues you. Though no one is chasing you, you will stumble over each other as though fleeing from a sword. You will have no power to stand up against your enemies. You will die among the foreign nations and be devoured in the land of your enemies. Those of you who survive will waste away in your enemies' lands because of their <clears throat> sins and the sins of their ancestors. But at last my people will confess <coughs> their sins and the sins of their ancestors for betraying me and being hostile toward me. When I have turned their hostility back on them and brought them to the land of their enemies, then at last their stubborn hearts will be humbled. And they'll pay for their sins. Then I'll remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. And I'll remember the land. For the land must be abandoned to enjoy its seventh years of Sabbath rest as it lies deserted. At last my people will pay for their sins, for they have continually rejected my regulations and despised my decrees. But despite all this, I will not utterly reject or despise them while they were in exile in the land of their enemies. I will not cancel my covenant with them by wiping them out, for I am the Lord their God. For their sakes, I will remember my ancient covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of all the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the decrees, regulations, and instructions that the Lord gave Moses on the Mount Sinai as evidence of the relationship between himself and the Israelites. Redemption of gifts offered to the Lord, Leviticus 27. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. If anyone makes a special vow to dedicate someone to the Lord by paying the value of that person, here is the scale of values to be used. A man between the ages of 20 and 60 is valued at 50 shekels. Hey, yeah, that's us. Yeah, cool. 50 shekels. 50 shekels of silver as measured by the sanctuary shekel. A woman of that age is valued at 30 shekels of silver. A boy between the ages of 5 and 20 is valued at 20 shekels of silver. A girl of that age is valued at 10 shekels of silver. A boy between the ages of 1 month and 5 years is valued at 5 shekels of silver. A girl of that age is valued at 3 shekels of silver. 
A man older than 60 is valued at 15 shekels of silver. A woman of that age is valued at 10 shekels of silver. If you desire to make such a vow, but cannot afford to pay the required amount, take the person to the priest. He will determine the amount for you to pay based on what you can afford. If your vow involves giving an animal that is acceptable as an offering to the Lord, any gift to the Lord will be considered holy. You may not exchange or substitute it for another animal, neither a good animal for a bad one, nor a bad animal for a good one. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy. If your vow involves an unclean animal, one that is not acceptable as an offering to the Lord, then you must bring the animal to the priest. He will assess its value, and his assessment will be final, whether high or low. If you want to buy back the animal, you must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. If someone dedicates a house to the Lord, the priest will come to assess its value. The priest's assessment will be final, whether high or low. If the person who dedicated the house wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Then the house will be his again. If someone dedicates to the Lord a piece of his family's property, its value will be assessed according to the amount of seed required to plant it. 50 shekels of silver for a field planted with five bushes of barley seed. If the field is dedicated to the Lord in the year of Jubilee, then the entire assessment will apply. But if the field is dedicated after the year of Jubilee, the priest will assess the land's value in proportion to the number of years left until the next year of Jubilee. Its assessed value is reduced each year. If the person who dedicated the field wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Then the field will again be legally his. But if he does not want to buy it back and sold to someone else, the field can no longer be bought back. When the field is released in the year of Jubilee, it will be holy, a field specially set apart for the Lord. It will become the property of the priest. If someone dedicates to the Lord a field he has purchased, but which is not part of his family property, the priest will assess its value based on the number of years left until the next year of Jubilee. On that day, he must give the assessed value of the land as a sacred donation to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field must be returned to the person from whom he purchased it, the one who inherited it as a family property. All the payments must be measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 giras. You may not dedicate a firstborn animal to the Lord, for the firstborn of your cattle, sheep, and goats already belong to him. However, you may buy back the firstborn of a ceremonially clean, unclean animal by paying the priest's assessment of its worth, plus 20%. If you do not buy it back, the priest will sell all its assessed value. However, anything specially set apart for the Lord, whether a person, an animal, or family property, must never be sold or bought back. Anything devoted in this way has been set apart as holy, and it belongs to the Lord. No person specially set apart for destruction may be bought back. Such a person must be put to death. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain or fruit, you must pay its values plus 20%. Count off every tenth animal from your herd and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. These are the commands of the Lord that he gave through Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. Oh, okay. Now it's All right. done. All right, Eric, I got you. I got you. Thanks. Oh, I tissues. Got you. Good. I got you a box of tissues right here. You know, of all the things I do yes. cry about. <laughs> yes, a box of tissues for you. Finish the book of oh, Leviticus. Oh, man. It's going to be a, a tearjerker. You're going to need counseling after finishing this book. But 
Man. We made it. Well, all right. Hey, we did it. We did it. We made it. You we guys have finished it. Genesis, Job, Exodus, yeah. and Leviticus. Oh, gee. Wow. Yeah. That is so good. It just seemed like yesterday we started. Yeah, four books of the Bible. Yeah, it's just amazing. In 53 days. Yeah. That's pretty darn good, it guys. It is pretty darn good. Proud of you. Pretty darn good. Okay, so Chip. Yeah. So what? So what? So what? A lot of... Shekels in here, huh? So many shekels. Sanctuary shekels. I have never felt more more uh, of my self-worth <laughs> yeah, that's than knowing right. that I'm worth. Yeah, my what kids. Is... I started doing the math with my kids. I'm like, man. I know. I'm I like, can make a lot of money. Eight shekels Woo! on these kids. <laughs> well, that's not the takeaway, folks. Don't sell your kids, please. That's the takeaway. Yeah. Don't sell your <laughs> Don't kids. Don't sell your kids. You heard it here first. That's right. Yes. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, I think the idea, uh, the, the big takeaway for me, the big so what, mm-hmm. is is really, uh, I think the lesson throughout all of Scripture is, you know, when you obey, you'll be blessed. When you disobey, you'll be cursed. Mm. We'll see that a lot through the, the, the Psalms as well, as uh, even in the New Testament. You know, with, with obedience comes blessing, with disobedience brings cursing, you know, and, and, and punishment and chaos and devastation. Now, there will be um, difficult times for people who do right things, you know. So, But we're talking about consequences of your sin. You know, it's consequences of your sin. So when you uh, choose to disobey God and, and do things your way, you know, um, whether uh, that's, you know, your thoughts or your ideas or who you sleep with, when you sleep with them, what you look at, you know, what you take, what you rely upon, um, what you drink, what you smoke, any of those things, you know, just, you know, be very careful um, because those can have consequences that that lead to cursing. Now, uh, the punishment in the Old Testament was pretty darn severe for some of these things. I mean, stoned to death and, you know, and things like that. So um, there are severe in the New Testament as well, and even for today, um, but, you know, I don't think we're going to, you know, stone you for, you know, getting drunk or things, something like that today. But the consequences of, of disobeying God's commands uh, not only curse you, but they bring a curse to your family, yeah, your marriage, your family, and others. So I would, the so what today is, you know, we had a list of things, and, you know, God said, do this, do that, and, and we know that you know, he, he gave him a warning. I'm going to take you out of the land and, and going to give it to somebody else. And we know later on that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So there is consequences to sin. So my, my question for you, are there some things in your life that you need to, to confess, come clean with? I would say you start with God. Yeah. You know, and then if it involves somebody else, you go to them as well. Yeah. But you start with God and allow him to show you every day. I think that's why you need to be in his word. That he'll show you some things that he'll shed light on some things. And and I truly believe, Eric, that the closer you get to God, you know, the the more light shines on the darkest, deepest part uh-huh. of who you are. Yeah. So even though today I think I might be good, and, and you know, but if I keep getting close to God, he's going to show me things like, man, that was deep. And I didn't yeah. realize that. And I just think we need to be aware of that and confess that and so that we experience blessing. And I think, so like... In the many years that I spent really far away from God, I developed a pretty serious tolerance. That's right. For sin that like now with how close I've become with God, yeah. 
it's like unfathomable that I would ever, you know, like that's that yeah. repentance piece of changing your right. mind, right? Well, and scripture calls that a hardened heart. Yeah, yeah, you know, I totally, and yeah. Can, yeah, and so. And so the closer you get to God, you yeah. know, maybe maybe softens. instead of a, yeah, it softens, it melts, right? Yeah. And man, so I, I agree with that completely. Well, you know, he even calls this the the conditions of the covenant, you know, like, yeah. hey, I there are things, there are things that are irreversible. I will never you know, despise you and take my blessing off of you because I made this promise to Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. Yeah. But I don't owe you this land. And if you're going to break the covenant that I've put forth with you, this is a special kind of covenant called, you ready for this? Here's a big word for you. This is called a suzerain vassal covenant. Oh, yeah. And it's the covenant between a ruler and the ruled people. Yeah, yeah, right. And it was very common in this time Mm. in, in human governments. And so God copies the pattern of human governments here. And says, look, I don't owe you this land, but, you know, if you obey me, it's yours. Cheers. So, uh, where is Jesus in this? Man, what an interesting what an interesting passage to find Jesus because <laughs> we come barreling toward the end here. Yeah. And um, remember that the point of the book of Leviticus, for those of us who understand today where Jesus comes into our lives and how the new covenant compares to the old covenant. You know, we don't have to make all these sacrifices. We don't have to follow the rules to get saved. We put our faith in Christ alone and that saves us. And by the old covenant, by the old covenant, no person specially set apart for destruction can be bought back. Such Mm. a person has to die. And yet the new covenant is Mm. you can be the thief on the cross at the last moments of your life. And if you put your faith in Christ, even though you're specially set apart to die, even though eternal destruction is what you deserve and what you have brought upon yourself through rejection of God, either passively Mm. or actively, you can still be bought back Mm. by the perfect sacrifice of Jesus who is above all and beyond all of the system of the Old Testament, especially mm. the Levitical and the law of Moses. It's, it yeah. pales in comparison to the law of Christ. Yeah. So where is Jesus in this? Yeah. We come to this full conclusion. No person specially set apart for destruction may be bought back. Such a person must be put to death. And yet, mm-hmm. in the new covenant, it's not so. Yeah. And that's where Christ comes in. Amen. Praise God. Well, that's good. Well, Eric, we did it. We did it. Book of Leviticus. Yeah, we finished day 53. We finished the book of Leviticus, and we cannot wait to read numbers. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. So I gave a shout-out a few weeks ago to uh, all of our accountants who are in the midst of tax season. There you go. Well, buckle up, guys. Numbers. (laughs) Numbers time. This is your moment. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Wow, we're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. I think there's a lot of names in here. I think, you know what else there is? A lot of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, have a good day. All right. We'll see see you for the next book. All right, bye-bye.